We asked you, the fan, and you answered. On today's episode of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, we'll be discussing a poll that I asked of the Florida Panthers championship window. What is their window, according to you, the fan? We're also going to be giving another player grade on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Who is it going to be? Find out on this edition of the show. And we're going to have some more conference final talk with Jacob Winans here on today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into this Wednesday, June 8th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez from pantherparkway.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. Don't forget to also subscribe to Lockdown NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be covering all the postseason activities around the National Hockey League. So, Cats fans, if you can see on the video version of this show, uh, temporarily we're going back to Zoom and just uploading the videos uh, up to the YouTube after the fact because the streaming service that I currently use is having a little bit of trouble with uh, my my microphone cutting the audio cutting in and out but with the zoom it's not doing any any of that so for now we're not going to be doing any live shows here on the locked on florida panthers podcast and of course with the controls on the zoom as well you can see that immediately i have my wednesday guest host of the show jacob winans here to discuss all things florida panthers jacob welcome back to another winans wednesday Thank you for having me as usual. Um, happy to be here. Yeah, man. And of course, um, let's talk a little bit about how the Florida Panthers and give a little bit more perspective of their championship window. So on the on the Lockdown Florida Panthers Twitter page, I posed a question about the Florida Panthers championship window and what and where the fans kind of see where the Florida Panthers are and 67 fans have voted on the poll and 58% of the fans say that it's around the two to three year range uh, 27 say to say one to two years. And then the rest say three to four years. So not surprised with the results that are given. And of course it, it goes into consideration also the amount of players who have around that term, that same terms of their contracts, the majority outside of the Huberto, not Huberto, uh, the Barkoffs, the Ekblads, and of course, Bobrovsky, of course, we ex- we're hoping that Huberto signs a long-term extension, but the, the fact that contract structures are the way they are, it doesn't surprise me that this poll result results in the two to three year range for this team. Right. Uh, I tend to agree with that. I think when Zito put this team together, I think a lot of it was based on uh, a two to three year window. Um, if you just look at some of the key players on the roster, we've got like for Hagee, Duclair, uh, Reinhardt. These are guys that are signed anywhere from like two to three years. 
uh, in their contracts, and that's not including Forsling, Montour. So we've we've got guys who are who are here um, locked up for that for that general term. Uh, the key with that is not that we're going to get rid of all of them when that time expires or, or when this window, or that two to three year window ends. It's just most of those guys that, that I just mentioned there are going to be due significant raises um, at that time. So we get we get to a point where you can't keep everybody. Um, it's, there's going to come a time where each offseason we're probably losing at least one key piece and trying to replace them with something at a discount. And that doesn't always have the, the greatest results. So as far as keeping this group together with the some some level of the same depth that we saw this season, um, it, we got about two to three years to do it with this group, and um, we're we're already going to get our first taste next year of not being able to keep everyone. It's it, it's going to be that time. We're we're going to lose some some parts this off season, but um, it's only going to get it's only going to get progressively more um, more losses when that two to three year uh, period kind of expires. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course, for, for some context, COVID doesn't help, but of course, everybody is going through it uh, right now when it comes to their cap crunches, especially the contending teams. But let's look, at, I want to look at, I want to give a little bit of per, more perspective in the last 10 years of, and I did it based on the teams that have made the Stanley Cup final and lost that didn't not win, that did not win a championship in the last 10 years, but made it all the way to the Stanley Cup final. 2012, the New Jersey Devils, after they make the Stanley Cup final, they go on a five-year playoff drought after that. Uh, The Boston Bruins, they make it the next year, but they don't make the playoffs the next two. New York against the LA Kings, they make it the next year against the Tampa Bay Lightning, but then they go into a rebuild. Tampa Bay is one of the exceptions to the rule. They've contended and continue to do so. San Jose, they are, as far as our generation of watching hockey, they have been that team that have won the most playoff series without lifting a cup. So they've been, they've had multiple cracks at it. And then two other examples of teams that have fallen short of the Stanley cup, the president, the, the Nashville predators and the Boston Bruins, the very next year after making the Stanley cup final and losing, they've won president's trophies, but they haven't been able to lift, be able to lift the cup and Vegas lose in their in their very first year of existence make the conference final twice twice um after but they they might have been robbed an opportunity of advancing further the very next year after that five minute major against san jose uh the very next year too and then you see dallas and montreal don't even make the postseason the years after they make the stanley cup final which which when i read all of that it it just it just, I just think that the next season that the Florida Panthers have, the mentality of this team has to be in the form of unfinished business. The, the team is pissed. The, um, the management is pissed, I'm sure. The ownership is pissed. The fan base is pissed about the, the shortcomings of this team. And, of course, we're watching a conference final with the New York Rangers and the Tampa Bay Lightning, which we'll discuss more in the third, in the third segment about how, power, how the, the, they're converting on the power plays. And then, of course, the Florida Panthers going one for 31 on the power play. And just going into next season, just the mindset and the it's, – it's not going to be – I feel like there, it's going to be more business-like next season as opposed to – of course, when you have fun – you you have fun when you win, 
But I feel like next year is going to be very, very business-like going into the office. Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, we talk about it nonstop, but uh, Tampa, when they lose there in the first round in 2019, the, the next year they come back and they, they struggled out of the gate a little bit, but they really just became like, like a machine almost. They, they showed up, they do their job, they take, they take two points and they go home. And that's really, uh, that's really how, they, how they've gone about their business the last two years. Um, and it, get, it got to a point where they, two years in a row, seeing us in the playoffs, we're the, the exciting team, the team that everyone is like, oh, well, this might be their year. Tampa didn't didn't flinch either time. Uh, they they were just they were as confident and as as laser focused as they ever were, and that's that's where the Panthers have to get to. And um, I think it starts next year. I think um, of course it's fun when we're when we got the building going with the we want ten chance and it's uh, high scoring, fast paced, the comeback wins, all of that stuff is great. Uh, it was a lot of fun. The President's Trophy was a nice a nice thing to get this year, but. Next year, I really don't think the Panthers care any any about that. I don't think the Panthers care about stats. I don't think they care about uh, how many goals they score. I don't think they care about uh, about the the Mambo number five and all that stuff that was so much fun this year. I think they're just going to show up to the rink and do their job and win games. Um, and that's that's really how how championship teams get the job done. So, um, you know, you mentioned some of those teams in in your list of of people who almost got there, made it to the final, or or got close, and then uh, and a really hard time getting back. It's not guaranteed that you're ever going to get another chance. So the Panthers need to get, if, assuming they get there at some point in the next two to three years, it has to be, if you get there, you need to win it. Um, it, it sounds that it's a lot easier said than done, but those chances don't come by often. So you, you they have to, they have to capitalize while they have the talent, while they have the, the not cap room, but while they're able to fit this group under the cap. Um, your mention of San Jose is, that's like the, the nightmare scenario. You never want to become that where you contend every year, you keep your team together, but you just can't get it done. And then eventually time, the, the clock runs out. Um, so I'm excited for what they're going to do next year, but watching some of these teams right now, it's very businesslike and the Panthers have to have to learn that. Yeah. And, and once again, that's what it, that's what it takes in order to, to do, to do that because, you know, we're we're used to only spot playoff appearances for this team of 20 2012 a few years of not going to the playoffs 2016 a few years of going to the playoffs and now we're at 3 Toronto is 5 years 5 years in a row of losing winner take all games and that includes the covid bubble against this the Columbus Blue Jackets just a few years ago so you know now, like Maple Leaf fans going into the regular season this year, we're thinking, oh, this is nice, but can you win a first round for, for the Pan for the Leafs? For the Panthers, it was always, of course, can you get it out of the first round? Now, now they got that. We discussed it, we discussed this once again. They got that, they got that monkey off their back getting the first round. Now it's at this point, there could be another 13-game winning streak. Of course, they could be we could be excited all, all we want as well, but I I'm, I'm at, I'm at that point with, with, with this team where it's just like, I, I, I really don't want to, it, it's, it's mostly about trying to keep an even keel too. And next season, I, I know, I know it's still fresh and we're only in June and the season opening night isn't until mid October, but for, for now, like what I'm, 
what I'm thinking and hoping to go into these regular season games is that when things get, when things go right for a long stretch of time, an example, another 13 game winning streak, I personally don't want to get too, too high on it because of course we can see easily see a playoff collapse, like, like what we saw in round two. Yeah, I I agree with that a hundred percent. This sounds kind of callous and maybe a little bit too, a little bit too hockey purist. Um, But I personally, when it comes to all those, all those things like the president's trophy, the long win streaks, the most comeback wins in the NHL, I think next year, if if we do see a repeat of any of that, I personally don't care. Um, I, I just don't. And I don't think any of the fan base or any of the players care anymore either. It, they got a lot of stuff out of the way this year. They proved they can be dominant. Huberto became one of the elite point producers in the game. Uh, Barkov is still an elite two-way player. And they, they've finally gotten their respect. They've now gotten out of a first round, which hasn't been done in, in forever. They, they checked all those boxes. Now it's it's simply... What are you going to do when you get to the playoffs? Can you win it all? Nothing. There's, there's no more questions to answer. It's, it's get there. Can you, can you win it all? That's the expectation. Now there's nothing else really matters at this point. It's, it's just about that end result at this point now. Win baby win. That's what matters for this uh, Florida Panthers team. Now, as they, uh, as they go into th- this season and it's, it's going to, it's going to be a business-like approach. I'm sure regardless of where this team goes, regardless of where, where Bill Zito goes as far as the coach, which we still don't have word on about the decision, but any anything could happen. Still no announcement on that. But we're going to continue our player grade series uh, for the Florida Panthers evaluating the, this season for each individual player on the Florida Panthers. But first, we're going to tell you all about Rock Auto. And with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more on the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Fox? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Second segment here on this June 8th edition of the Lock On Florida Panthers podcast. It's a Winans Wednesday edition of the show. And Jacob, so started uh, doing some of my player grades uh, yesterday uh, for the Panthers. Uh, did Alexander Barkoff yesterday. So now another. let's do another um, piece on this Florida Panthers team. It's going to be easy at first for me to do player grades for the for this team. Starting off with the superstar players who've had the best season going all the way down. So it's only going to get harder from there. So let's go to the other, uh, another very important piece of the Florida Panthers who might be up for, who might get an extension this summer, still waiting. And that is Jonathan Huberto. What, what can we say about the season he's had? 115 points tied for second. Of course, he was out of contention of the Art Ross with the final two games, which justified, uh, healthy scratching on the last two games along with everyone else, but third, third, 30, 
30 goals, 85 assists, a few, a few assists away from breaking the record of wingers in general of assists. He broke the record for left wingers, was just a few away from Yarmir Yager of 96 and Nikita Kucherov of 2019. Started playing uh, PK, PK this year. And honestly, I felt sometimes that every other game that him and Etulu Sturanen on the, on the PK unit were creating a rush going the other way, shorthanded. And that was something great to see out of that unit, which I, I, really, I really do believe that Etu is going to get qualified and offer. I really do believe that. But, um, of course, with, with, the, with the disappointing playoffs uh, for the Panthers, um, we wanted to see Jonathan Huberto become more of a shooter. And at times this season, we wanted him to become more of a shooter as well. And that's where that's – where, but it's hard to – dump on 115 points too when when you have that much and you're producing to the point where you're tied for second it's really hard to really criticize huberto's game even though we want him to be more of a shooter yeah absolutely um you, you hit a lot of the a lot of the same talking points that are really discussed with huberto um as far as a as far as a player grade if, if i'm doing a a player report card on him um i'm giving him an a minus um, I, I think, I think 115 points is outrageous. Uh, 85 assists. That is unbelievable. There's 82 games in the season. He had 85 assists. So he's getting over an assist a game, not a, over a point per game, over an assist per game. And that's not even counting his goals. Um, 85 points is, is an incredible season, but that was in addition to 30 goals. Um, for a guy who doesn't shoot as much as he probably should, 30 goals is pretty ridiculous in itself. Um, 30 goals is, is the threshold you try to reach to be considered a elite or high-end goal scorer. And, and he did that as well. Um, honestly, his skill set, if he wanted to, he could score 40 goals a season. Um, he has that kind of wrist shot. He has that kind of uh, stick handling ability. He could be a 40 goal scorer if he wanted to. Uh, I don't think he ever will just because he passes too much. Um, but that, that's his game. Um, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, if he's given me 30 goals and 80 assists every year, anything even close to it, I can't complain. Um, I think he made big strides in this defensive game this year, um, like we have not seen from him before. I think uh, he, he became a really good two-way forward in a lot of ways. And a lot of people are going to pull up the analytics and things and say that the, yep. the defense wasn't there. But his defense passes the eye test. Um, his, his penalty killing was, was solid. Um, so yeah, he gets an A minus. The only thing really for me missing from his game, I feel like he took a step backwards in physicality. I think last season he he played with a little bit more physical edge, and then he, he sort of lost it this year. But the big thing is is the playoff performance. Um, he gets an A minus. It would have been an A plus if he had shown up uh, the same in the playoffs. I think he regressed in the playoffs this year, and and he's gonna have to figure that out. Um, if if he had put together a better showing in the postseason, then he gets a full A plus for me. But uh, that the A minus, there's just a little bit there, just a little bit of meat that he left on the bone this season, and I think that was that was evident in the postseason. And you know that's that could be good. It's something he can think about over the summer. It's something he can have in the back of his mind as he goes through his training and and preparing for next season. So I'm going to give him an A minus. I'm going to give him an A minus as well, and. It's funny because in 2021, he was tied for the most points after round one and didn't even have as many points this time around in more games. Um, 
playing four more games to be exact for, for Huberto than he did the year before. So definitely regressed a little bit in the playoffs, but I mean, I'm not, when you see that 82 game sample size, I'm, I don't think that his playoff performance here is going to make his game slow down by any stretch of the imagination. I find that really hard to believe. And I, I, I tend to think I'm a little observant and that's just my ego talking there. But the other day was Jonathan Huberdeau's birthday and he's very active on social. He was very active on social media, but I haven't seen Jonathan Huberdeau. Uh, Well, what I mean by active on social media is Instagram. Mostly I haven't seen him really post on Instagram in the last few weeks. And I, I, I don't know how much to read into it, but I don't see him posting as much on his story in the last few weeks in, in relation to his, his life. And I'm not sure if he's taking the, the loss, the playoff loss hard or, or anything. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he is, but I don't know how hard he's taking it, but we saw it on the look in his eye last year in Tampa after game six is, is I wonder if, um, John Huberto is following kind of in the footsteps of Sergey Bobrovsky when kind of stepping a little bit away from it. Yeah, that's, that's definitely something uh, that I think is notable. I think, uh, especially around his birthday, I, I personally, I feel like he turned 29. Um, by this time next year, he will hit that age 30 mark. And, and players tend to, their prime tends to start to uh, taper off by like 32, 33 years old. So I think he's also seeing for himself, you know, he's getting older. He's been in the league a while now. And, and like I said, you only get so many chances at this. Uh, And there, there was a lot of wasted time in his career, um, trying to build this, uh, Barkov as well. They're getting a late start, um, compared to what they should have been the, the playoff success they should have been having. Um, but due to a lack of depth, the lack of, uh, quality trades and drafting, you know, it's stuff that's out of his control. Uh, he's he's just now getting these chances now as he's about to hit that age 30 mark. And uh, it's just, it, it's, it's pressure on him to to get it done while he, while he has this chance, while he's at the top of his game. So, you know, if he's, if he's taking that to heart after this playoff loss, I, I'm fully for that. I think, I think it's, it's really good for him to, to focus in and, and, just be ready. Like I said, laser focused business-like approach next year. I think uh, he, he is as much as anyone is, is someone who could really get on board for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's not to say that you can't have a social media presence and still be successful right. in like what you do. That's not to say that. And we, I mean, he was very active and he got 115 points too. So, I mean, it, but as far as, as far as, I don't, I don't know if there's any fans out there who might have he, – he did reply to a few people in his, in his DMs about saying thank you. There was some screenshots shared out there. But I could also imagine some of the f- fans out there that might take this too seriously, that might say some angry messages as well, and maybe that might have been saying, no, I, I'm not going to tolerate this, and nor should he, neither. No, no player should have to to tolerate that. I mean – at the end of the day, I, I know that uh, I know that I podcast and I do this for a living. But at the same time, these are grown men playing a kid's game and they are having fun out there. And of course, we as fans c- 
kind of at the time at, at a point treat this like our livelihood let our quality of life is going to change over a game if we really sit back and think about it and some of the harassment that players get when they lose is just it's it's just something that the older i get the more the more upset i get that fans behave that way i mean after game seven's loss um of toronto uh and tampa bay maple leaf fans were fighting each other outside the can outside their their section and i'm just like i'm i i I just maybe that could have been that that too for 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 jonathan huberto who knows yeah, it wouldn't surprise me, honestly. They took a lot of heat, and I understand people are passionate. This is very important to a lot of people because uh, I understand fans invest time, they invest money, they invest uh, a portion of, of their life into this, so I get it. But at the same time, you have to remember that these athletes are still people, and and I like we, like we talk about uh, when it comes to playoffs, effort is everything. And I think when, when fans start to question a player's effort, that's when they, they tend to, to lose sight of that line between person and, and product. And they're not, a, they're not products. They, they're still people. And they, they, are giving, they are giving an effort just by being out there and, and, and putting in the, the work to be a professional athlete. It's not a lack of effort. Um, so I, I, think, I think from that standpoint, yes, I could understand anyone on the Panthers taking a step back from social media right now because, if I were in that position, I definitely would, especially if I was taking uh, some of the heat and criticism that, that, that has been coming their way. Uh, I think of a guy like Mackenzie Weger. It's absolutely brutal what, what he was going through <laughs> during this series and afterwards. I mean, uh, he's a guy that's a fan favorite all year long. And then after, after a poor 10 games or so, people are, are wanting to run him out of town and, and harassing him on the internet. And, and uh, I, I can't remember what her name was. And I feel really bad that it's escaping me right now, but a family member of Mackenzie Wiegers did uh, post on social media that he was keeping up with the things people were saying. And uh, he, he was hurt. He was, he was really hurt at the end of the season because he, he was disappointed in himself for letting people down. But you got to remember, these are, you, you can't do that. <laughs> you just can't do that. You cannot cross that line because he, he's a person and, and he's feeling that and he's disappointed enough in himself. So um I agree with you hundred percent. And if that's the reason for some of this social media, like step back, then, then totally understood. Absolutely. Yeah. And Mackenzie Weger's Instagram, by the way, is private. So for now, mm-hmm. so, um, and, and if he, if he, he has every right to put it in that setting, if people are going to be assholes about it, about it, you don't, if you're going to be, if you're going to be an asshole towards someone and, and swear at them and even to the point of, threats then i'm sorry you don't deserve the access to that person's life outside of what you watch on the tv that's for mm-hmm. sure and that that's really all i got to say about that we we went on that longer than i yeah. definitely mm-hmm. anticipated but let's transition over to the next segment where we're going to talk about the conference final the the western conference final and right now the eastern conference final as well but first we're going to tell you all about bet online and betonline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting stats and sports info find all the latest sports development news and odds including this year's basketball championship matchup nhl stanley cup conference final major league baseball and of course the latest fighting news from mma ufc and boxing BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile, uh, mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. 
Bet online, where the game starts. Third and final segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast on this Winans Wednesday edition of the show. So, Jacob, let's talk a little bit about conference final. The Colorado Avalanche sweep the Edmonton Oilers in comeback fashion, down 3-1, um, and find a way to win. And a lot of the goals were a lot of uh, questionable goals by Mike Smith. The five-hole was open. Nathan McKinnon sped through and just – and Kale McCarr – um, his goal in the beginning of the game to was a was a beautiful screen in front of the net that Mike Smith didn't even see. Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl both averaged two points a game in 16 games in the postseason, and I feel bad mostly for Leon Draisaitl because if you watch those games live, you see that that dude is clearly hobbled from what happened with his injury from his ankle I forget which one it is but how hobbled Leon Dreisaitl was towards the latter part of this series and I don't I don't I haven't seen some of the reports that have come out on on the severity of his injury but man McDavid and Dreisaitl put everything on the line for Edmonton and just Colorado just was just too much for them they they're up and down the lineup they they're just they're just better um, even though they're doing it with a backup goaltender, Sam Gerrard's not um, playing for the for the Avs. Nazem Kadri is likely out the rest of the postseason, but he didn't rule it out neither. Kale McCarr is my favorite right now on the Colorado Avalanche to win the Conn Smythe with what he's doing. But man, th- this uh, this Avs team is definitely on a mission. And the last team to last Western Conference team to make it to the Stanley Cup final, only losing twice was the 2012 LA Kings. And that team won it all in, in, that year against the New Jersey Devils. So just, I, I, I don't know if I can see a team stopping Colorado right now. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous what they're doing. Um, to have a 12 and two record in the, in the postseason is, is just outrageous. Um, and like you said, they, they're doing it with, with massive holes in their lineup. I mean, you lose Sam Girard along the way to broken sternum um Edmonton takes a bite out of out of Colorado went with the the cheap shot from Evander Kane on Kadri I really hope Kadri is able to get back in at some point in the postseason but obviously it looks unlikely um Darcy Kemper has missed games in multiple series now um with with injuries um Pablo Francis has been great so you talk about a team that that is maximizing their cup window they're going to lose some key parts this summer um potentially Kadri potentially Nishushkin they're going to lose some some very very key parts of their roster at the end of this season, and I think they're they're playing like a team that knows this might be their last chance with this group. Um, not to say they're going to be bad or not in contention beyond this season. I fully expect them to be back and make more deep runs for the next half decade, but um, this might be their best shot at it. And they they're really they're really showing that in the way they're playing. Um, but yes, uh, I I can't I can't talk about that series without mentioning um, Edmonton and some of the guys that what they've been playing through. Um, Drysaitel in particular, he's playing on one leg. It's it's ridiculous what he's been able to do this postseason. Um, McDavid has been unreal. Um, I think he just ran into a really tough matchup with Kale McCarr, who's basically the defense version of McDavid. Um, but McDavid still produced. And then another guy who's taken like we, we were just talking about with the social media hate. Darnell Nurse has been raked over the coals this entire postseason. It came out last night that he's been playing the entire playoffs with a torn labrum or, or a torn hip flexor. 
Um, God. Yeah, a torn hip flexor, which if, if you've ever played hockey on ice, your hips are everything. And he's playing, especially as a defenseman, because you have to skate backwards. Skate backwards. Right. And, and he's playing with a torn hip flexor. Um, so um, they, they just ran out of steam. Uh, the injuries took, took too much out of them and, and their stars could only carry them so much. So um, Colorado is just, they're, they're a wagon. I don't know what else you can say about them. That, that team, I, I'd be shocked if they don't win the cup. I think whoever comes out of the East, I think Colorado's got them in five, maybe six. Mm-hmm. And then some of the trade acquisitions that they, they got with Josh Manson and Arturi Lekkanen scored the game-winning goal, and he did the same thing last year mm-hmm. against the Vegas Golden Knights to advance to the Stanley Cup final. So making a clutch play uh, right, right there for, for Colorado again. So getting guys with experience as well. So that... Joe Sackage uh, winning winning a Stanley Cup as the captain of the Colorado Avalanche and now doing it as a GM that that dude that dude's already etched in Colorado Avalanche history but to do it on the level of a GM position as well man what how he that 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 dude you you have to give Joe Sackage the keys to the city th- that's for sure for if he if he's if he doesn't have them already now to the Eastern Conference final um Right now we're recording this and it's the intermission for uh, Tampa Bay uh, and New York. Tampa Bay is leading one, nothing. There was a goal that was uh, um, disallowed um, that was looked to be poked into the net. um, But um, the referees ruled it no goal because they lost sight of the puck on the replay. So no confirmation and Pat Maroon, fat Pat gets a, gets a rebound uh, goal there. And just going into this this morning from I guess I see it mostly from Florida Panthers eyes and just seeing how much Tampa Bay continues to bounce back and capitalize on their breaks and I just think about it and I feel like I know this is a must win for Tampa because of course um, you don't want to go down 3-1 but I feel like this is just as much of a of a must win for the New York Rangers and by the time this comes out we'll know the result you'll know the results of the game for those listening but I feel like this is such a must win game for the New York Rangers because you want to have that separation because Tampa, Tampa Bay is more than capable of winning on the road. I mean, you saw them win a championship in the COVID bubble um, just a few years ago in in a, in a situation that over there, it felt like kind of like the twilight zone over there. And just if if you're New York, you you don't want to have the same situation of, only home teams winning like they that like what happened in Carolina New York came on the good side of things finally getting a road win but there there's some trouble and there's some there I feel like if Tampa Bay ends up winning game four I feel like they're just slot they'll just be slobbering for more and it's uh it'll be a dangerous position for New York to be in going back to MSG for game five yeah, I agree. Um, I, I, I do think Tampa is going to win this game. Uh, we'll know tomorrow when this comes out, but I do think Tampa is going to win this game and I do think they're going to win the series. Uh, their experience is starting to show now. Um, they stayed the course last game despite a, a situation that would have scared pretty much any team in the league. You're down 2-0 already in the series and then you go down a, a couple of goals at home. At that point, you're thinking, you know, this could be over for us. Uh, Tampa didn't even seem rattled. Uh, they just came right back and, and ended up winning the game. Uh, they've done this a million times. So I think Tampa's going to win this series. Uh, I think the longer it goes, New York, we're seeing it now. They're, they're starting to lose bodies. Uh, guys are playing banged up. And Tampa just has, has 
more to work with. Plus, the longer this goes, the higher the likelihood is that Braden Point is able to get back in. And mm-hmm. that, that could be a massive game changer. So um, I think you give Vassy some time to settle in. Um, they start to let their experience wear on New York. I, I, think, I think Tampa's just going to outlast them in this, to be honest. Um, despite the fact that I love Gallant and I love Vitrano and I'm happy to see them succeed, uh, I think Tampa's got, got too much here. So um, that's, that's my prediction. But I'll say this also. Um, I'm really, really hoping this series goes to seven games because uh, Justin Bieber is actually scheduled to perform at Madison Square Garden the same night that a game seven would take place there. And I would just love to see what Gary Bettman and the NHL schedule makers do to, to, come, to find a way out of that jam. So uh, I crave chaos. So. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> actually, some news related to that. Um, Justin Bieber actually canceled his Toronto shows uh, this week. So due to an illness, no confirmation of whether it's COVID or not. So chances are he's going to cancel his mm-hmm. show at MSG on Monday. And there was supposed to be a two game, two day break in between game six and seven. So that the game, game seven is supposed to be on that Tuesday. And, and the Justin Bieber concert is supposed to be on Monday, on Monday at MSG, man, MSG. I, I feel like they only have like 20, days out of the year where they don't have an event there the rest of the time there there's always something uh going on there i mean i mean I, I, at one point they had the new york liberty there now the new york liberty play at the barclays center and I, i'm not sure yeah. what they do really during the summer now these days but that that venue is just always busy filled with so many events and it, it'll definitely uh create a little bit of, of chaos that that's for sure but with with the New York Rangers, man, I, I also, maybe, maybe I, maybe it's not only just the Florida Panthers fan in me, but it's also the South Florida sports fan in me as well as a Dolphins fan as well. I know you're a Cowboys fan, Jacob, but Dolphins fans have seen the New England Patriots get so many breaks over and over and over again. And Tom Brady found a way to win games late and game winning drives under two minutes, giving, there was always that saying of giving Tom Brady too much time, but so maybe it's kind of relating one division rival in one sport and relating it to another. I mean, for crying out loud, I mean, the Tampa Bay lightning have won multiple cups. So we've seen how well-coached teams with superstar players, with a GM that puts things together uh, well and and players who are willing to take less money to play for a winner as well like I mean for example Corey Perry lost two straight cups to to the lightning and then he joins them so part of me wants to impersonate that scene from Star Wars episode three is like uh you were supposed to destroy the Sith not join them it's like you were supposed to destroy the champions not join them <laughs> yeah yeah if, if the Rangers lose I'm, I'm gonna be on my Star Wars too you were the chosen one the Rangers were supposed to do it, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, 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 it's, it's hard to watch Tampa be so successful. It really is. But I, I, I will also say this on, the, on this series, and I, I've beaten this horse. This, this is such a dead horse, and I'm going to continue beating this dead horse. The Rangers, they are succeeding doing exactly what we were begging Florida to do the entire playoffs on this podcast. It's, 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 it's the power plays. It's the one timers. It's they're doing everything that we knew the Panthers could do, but we just didn't make the adjustments. I mean, Mika Zibanejad has feasted shooting one timers on on the high blocker. 
and S flag is so successful at that and you didn't even give him the chance. So it, it just, I'm in physical pain watching this series because Florida could have done exactly what New York is doing to them. And we just didn't do it. It's hard. It's hard. I'm, I, I am in physical pain. Yeah. Uh, and go, going back to your Michael Scott quote. Dead, <laughs> I'm dead, dead inside. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> also, even though I can't play this song on the podcast, um, because due to copyright reasons, uh, there's a there's another uh, there's a good song to listen to in relation to this. It's called Dead Inside by Muse. Uh, it's on their Drones <laughs> album for any uh, Muse yeah. fans out there that want to listen to it. So, yeah, it, it's it's really hard to watch. But as a as a as this not being the Florida Panthers as our team playing in it, in it, you know, I kind of watch it stress free, but I kind of watch it annoyed at the same time as far as the Eastern Conference goes. But, you know. But again, by the time you guys listen to this, you, you'll know the results of the game. But Jacob, I want to thank you once again for joining this Wine and Wednesday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Tell everybody where they can follow you online. Definitely. Uh, you can follow me at Jacob Winans 8 um, on Twitter. Uh, you can find my work on PantherParkway.com and you can find me here every Wednesday. Thank, thanks again, man. And, and see you next Wednesday. Thanks for having me. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Lockdown NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark of the Week covering all the postseason activities around the National Hockey League. Thank, thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Lockdown Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy team. Follow the Lockdown Fantasy Hockey Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Start so Armando Velez with Jacob Winans. And you've been listening to Lockdown Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Where it's your team every day. <laughs>